0: Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the injury to Chet Holmgram who will miss the entire 2022 and 2023 NBA season due to Due to his right foot injury that he suffered while playing in a pro-am game, of course, sticking LeBron James. Uh, we also talk about Kevin Durant returning to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, so I get my thoughts on that. We also talk about the trade of Utah's Patrick Beverly going to the Lakers for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. We also talk NFL as well as we talk the injury to Dallas Cowboys' Tyron Smith suffered an injury to his hamstring and might not be back until december and of course we also talk about if or whenever jimmy g um leaves san francisco uh, so my co-host nice and smooth join me on guys talking sports and that begins right now What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love and support out there. We are live now on Twitch. We are live on Twitter. We are live on YouTube. We are all, all over the place. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to get started talking about sports. I got my co-host with me, nice and smooth. What's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing today? It's funky outside. <laughs>
1: Cause all we want to do is and you
2: ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes my man it's all good tonight uh slightly tired just drinking a little vino which is probably not helping the matters at all so hopefully that'll make me sleep peacefully tonight
1: ah you gotta love the good sleep, good peaceful sleep mm-hmm. yeah man just getting in from work my damn self now we're doing the podcast so looking forward to talking a little bit of crap <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah. and this won't be drink champs with them Irv and Jaru talking crap stuff, but they'd be sports.
0: That alone is just, it's too much drama mm. at this stage, but I digress with that. Um, yeah, we have a lot drama. to talk about sports related, so let's get right into it. First thing we want to talk about is the injury to Chet Holgram of the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, who got injured playing in a league guarding uh, LeBron James, as a matter of fact. I think it's the, it's not the Drew League. I think it's called the Pro League or something like that. Um, Pro-Am. Pro-Am. thank you. Uh, uh, so, um, with that being said, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City Thunder management is kind of uh, peed um, about this. Um, but overall, you know, things happen. So let me get your thoughts on Chet Holgram, who will miss this season uh, with the injury now based off of actual playing at a uh, uh, non-NBA um, game, I should say.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if moving forward, this is going to be in, uh, in in high draft picks, uh, top 15 lottery picks uh, contracts saying that, uh, yeah, y'all ain't playing in no more of these program leagues. If you want to play in uh, the Summer League or anything NBA-sponsored, sure. But these joints that, you know, don't necessarily – I mean, they're great. It helps you get in condition and you're having fun, but you're, you know, working on your game. But, yep, yeah. pretty much I think all the top players won't be going to these things anymore, unless you're like a LeBron or somebody who's pretty much running the team itself and don't have
0: nobody much to answer to. Wait. So, do you think it's fair? Let me. I'm sorry. I'll just a quick question. Do you think it's fair that LeBron James and top tier superstars are able to do it, other than um, rookies at this stage, and rookies cannot? I should say.
1: Again, I don't. I think this injury to a, a top 15 lottery pick will trickle down to even to star players. Okay. If, I, I uh, well, let me put it like this. I think it will trickle down to star players who belong who participate on a team that is vying for a championship versus somebody who's a star on a team that ain't doing shit or the team ain't doing shit put it like that (laughs) okay so i mean brass is mad at okc because they have a nice young core and chet probably would have been a nice piece not saying they would have made the playoffs but it would have been a nice run to see how the, the team meshes the team don't mesh now so now you're talking about he's out all year he's coming back the following year and there's no guarantee he's going to sit there and be the same player. Or if he, you know, we don't know what the type of player he is when he played one, 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 you know, one season in uh, college. So it, like I was telling you earlier, I think they, this might've set OKC back two years because they really don't know the player that they're getting. So it's going to affect how they're going to draft next season.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, and like I was, you know, texting these earlier, I mean, you know, I saw the play. I actually saw the play when it actually first happened, And but they didn't know it was going to be something this severe. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, he got crossed over. I thought maybe he might have, like, tweaked an ankle or something like that, you know, or maybe like just came down a little funny on his foot. It didn't look like it was going to be something that was going to be, you know, season ending, but, you know, he tore, you know, he tore a ligament, and um, you know, he's out for the season, but I mean, there is hope. I mean, um, there has been some players that have, you know, missed, you know, their first season. Um, Blake Griffin comes to mind, Ben Simmons, um, both who missed their rookie season and came back. Joel Embiid, Embiid, you know, Blake and Ben both won Rookie of the Year after they were out the full season. Of course, Joel Embiid, like you said, um, you see the kind of player that he is. So it's not a death sentence, but I mean the boy was the boy was thin anyway <laughs> i mean this could be a blessing in disguise he could have him a year to sit it could have him a year of working out trying to put on some muscle, some mass i mean he can still lift in his upper body i mean you know you the foot is not going to really hurt that much while he's rehabbing so it could be a blessing that he could try to add on some mass some muscle but i agree with you you know it's, it's it could put them back possibly two years because they had a nice little quarter. They were trying to assemble. And I guess they were playing the long game and Chet Holgram was going to be a piece and a piece that you would try to get people to come into the stadium to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, without him, it, it kind of just kind of, you know, derails that thought process. And so now you got to look to where you're going to land into the draft next season. It could wind up and be bad and wind up with the first draft pick next year, and then you can have the first draft pick and the second draft pick both merging the two. But like you say, you, you don't know what you what you really would have had with Chet Holmgren until he comes back next year, so you're going to have to plan for what you think you have. Right. So, if I'm, if I'm okay to so yeah if I'm on the top brass, they're probably pissed. I do think you're going to probably have agents and teams discouraging players from playing in these summer programs, it's still gonna happen. It was a very fluke injury, but I can like you said I can definitely see agents and teams discouraging, like you said, top five draft picks from <laughs> participating in this. It was like if it the summer league, we don't want you in. Not even not even going to the rucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh but sorry, so let me ask you a question.
0: Let me ask both of you a question. Do you think that Somewhere because I know that the collective bargain agreement is going to be coming somewhere way soon. Um, because of this injury, do you think that they're going to be a change in how contracts are suited for um, not just rookies, but for all NBA players who um, participate in these summer leagues, non NBA summer leagues, like the Drew League or the Pro Am? Um, maybe if they choose to, you know, where they protect, the teams protect themselves from the players.
2: Some will probably try to put that language in contracts. Um, I don't know how heavy they're going to go with the CBA because it's one. I think if you start getting multiple players that were to go down, then I can definitely see a heavy emphasis, but it might go by team by team. I might try to put that in there and say, yeah, we're OK with you doing the summer league if you're a rookie or, you know, a second year, you still just want to get the, you know, the, the practice and the play. But, you know, it, you have LeBron James in there watching the boy just let him just go to the hole, <laughs> just do a an move and just let him get out the way. And then, you know, he would have been all right.
1: Yeah, Um uh, You you have these little fluke injuries, you know, and it's unfortunate, you know, you never want to see somebody get hurt, you know, pretty much gearing themselves up for the league because that's all it really does. Gets them back in shape, letting them run and do their, it's pretty much their job just off on the NBA books, you know, not through sanctioned NBA type of stuff. Um, It could have happened with him just having his own personal trainer. And, you know, just kind of going through defensive drills and stuff. So it's 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 a fickle situation, but in the same sense, you know, when you get drafted at high, high is number two, you know, you're expected to come in here and draw, draw butts in the seats because you're expected to, to do big things. Not to say that you're expected to win games, but you're expected to at least be a piece and let the city that you're representing get behind – what we're trying to do here as an organization. Um, with that being said, I still believe that uh, it's gonna it's gonna get wacky. I, I I think I think language is gonna be written. I think you know maybe I'm not saying this sort of injury happens all the time. Like I said, he is flukish. Um, maybe this maybe the NBA starts to sponsor more of these types of events. And make it so that if somebody, a player, were to get hurt in these events, organizations will have more coverage or more of a security blanket of their players when they get injured in these types of things. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me. I, obviously, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but it wouldn't shock me in the years to come that you'll start seeing more NBA related. Cause like I said, OKC has got to be pissed right now. You know, cause now they're going down the same line as, uh, as our boy down in New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? Like, though he got hurt in college and he got hurt while playing in the league, it's still a big-time player that they had to sit there and watch him sit all the second year pretty much, you know what I'm saying? So I think they're going to they're gonna start going down these lines. I think they're going to just start doing stuff like that where, you know, like football, you're going to have organized team activities. You're going to start having all these sorts of things going throughout the summer to eliminate these programs.
2: Yeah, and and I think about more. You made that comment, so I do think they'll they may not tell them they can't, but I think they'll highly discourage and maybe like you said, put something in a contract that uh guard them and saying, hey, if you do this and it's not a sponsored NBA thing, then maybe you'll get all your monies that you're owed the first year, or maybe something to happen. because I'm thinking about because I remember when Paul George got you know you know broke his ankle. In the um, U.S. Olympic, um, you know, trials or whatever they were doing to practice, a fluke injury. He just went for the ball, came down, got his foot wedged right underneath the um, the goal, and snapped his ankle in half, and he was done for the whole season. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and that was a half U.S. half NBA sponsored event, but it wasn't like you know summer league. So, it's going to get touchy, like you said, when it's non NBA sponsored or kind of, you know, govern things or were they okay with it? But I can see them discouraging or try to put language and contracts to guard teams on the back end. If a player does so go out there and does stuff.
0: And do you think that, I mean, and you think that's, I mean, fair for the players um, at this stage, because, you know, any, I mean, because of their past history, no team has done that to this particular point yet. Um, so do you think it's going to be something that the players will eventually? Do you think the players will eventually be okay with that, I guess from a contract standpoint.
1: I think you know the the, the players' association, and I'm, I'm sure this is something the owner is going to sit there and have a conversation about. Because, like you said, he, Chet Holmgren is, is 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 little, you know, frail. You know, he's light of weight. He's got a Kevin Durant type of build. Um, but looks even lighter than Kevin Durant, which is kind of scary. In a sense. <laughs> Kevin Durant, you know, he, that's a skinny bro right there. Um, so I don't know what kind of mass, I don't know what kind of muscle he could put on that will affect the way he plays his game. Um, but something's going to have to give because uh, these players nowadays, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, they're putting a lot more torque on their knees, their ankles, their legs stuff is more you know injuries are happening at a faster rate nowadays um and these owners or governors or whatever they want to call themselves nowadays want to sit there and protect their assets bottom line is chet's not playing i'm sure the okc fan base was looking forward to seeing chet play and now they don't see chet play owners mad because now play you know people are not coming into into the arena to watch OKC, unless it's a big name player coming in town, you know, as an opponent. So I, I, it's sad, it's unfortunate, but don't shock me if, you know, more NBA summer leagues start to exist and things of that nature, you know, and they'll say, look, it's either you playing these sanctioned leagues or you run risk of forfeiting money if you should get hurt playing somewhere else. It's up to you. You know, the majority of the players in the league don't make money like that.
2: I mean, I don't know if there's that kind of language in NFL contracts or the major leagues, but you know, you hardly ever hear these guys doing anything outside of, you know, you know, NFL or you know, in a major league sanctioned events. If it ain't once the off season is gone. They ain't doing nothing.
1: <laughs> I mean, they they may work out. You know, they might. That's get about it. They, right, right. They'll do stuff like that, but they're not. They're not getting together and playing 22 You know, eleven on eleven football with pads on.
2: Them. No, they ain't, they're not playing. They're, they're damn not even playing flag football. I mean, nope. you saw how pissed they were getting at Lamar Jackson when he was at one of his um you know kids' camps, and he was running around in the sand and throwing stuff. They were mm-hmm. they were tight about that. Exactly.
1: So you know. None of that stuff is gonna fly. So I it would not shock me in the least. If major if, if baseball players are playing in, in Mexican baseball leagues or they're playing in fall leagues or something like that, it's because the organization said, go there and play and we'll pay you. And if you get hurt, but you're paying, you know, you're playing because we're telling you to go play because you need more developmental type of things going on in the off season. And so yeah, the NBA was probably just the last to come around. So if the NBA is gonna do it, more than likely. The WNBA is going to follow suit.
2: But you know, mean, definitely after the whole Brittany Griner incident, they're probably going to tell people, well, they're going to have to put, put up more money to discourage, you know, players from going overseas. Right. right.
1: Exactly.
2: exactly. No, it's not
1: like they don't got the money to do that. It's funny about the NBA. So the NBA, if they really want to make it happen, they can get these drugs played. So I don't understand why they they being so cheap with the ladies. I understand it doesn't draw a large crowd, but it's still a very popular sport uh, within the U.S. You know, not as popular as soccer, but, you know, hell.
0: I mean, quite frankly, what they could easily do is have uh, some type of agreement with these leagues that are out there now. Like, Mm -hmm. you would think that by now with the Drew League and the Pro-Am that the NBA could have some type of agreement to say, okay, will allow the, our players to play in these leagues, you know, um, but we want some type of something in return. Um, we'll give you the okay, but we want some type of maybe advertised revenue or whatever the case would be in return. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that there should be some type of partnership that was already committed to these leagues already, but right now it seems as though it's not. So don't yeah. no, yeah, um, I'm very interested to see what the NBA does going forward, especially with the next bargaining agreement, because I just don't see them sitting idle in regards to stuff like this. Um,
2: and I know that this is something of a risk for them. Yeah, that next collecting bargaining agreement is going to be real interesting because the owners got a lot of great. i not even yeah, going to get I'm into not. Kevin Durant, but it's all around stuff like Kevin Durant and other players have – Pulled so, that's going to be a very contentious, uh, contentious um, meeting when the contract is up. Definitely.
1: Speaking speaking of Kevin Durant, our resident Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets uh, commentator,
2: and I wasn't um, going to go there, Al, to so let you know. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I'm just curious. You know, I don't know. Obviously, I'm here in Maryland. I can only get what the national media is talking about. Mm-hmm. But being up up in Jersey, close to uh, close to Brooklyn, what is the real deal as to why Kevin did what he did? was he really legit trying to push the envelope to see if he could leave? Because I don't understand if you're so adamant and you're you're telling management up to a point the the the, the 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 GM and the coach got to go, or I go. You know, you being very bullish about what you want, and then all of a sudden two weeks later, you're like all right, man, I'll stay. You know, like, like, what was the whole point? All
0: right. Um, I, I was really going to jump into the Patrick Beverly trade, but since you mentioned this, I I, I will say this. Um, I think that what it was is, I think Kevin Durant basically, he, you know, obviously he wasn't happy about last season. It's, it's just called out a season. With so much turmoil with James Harden trade, um, with Kyrie's situation with the um, – COVID-19 and the way things were after, you know, when he got injured, he wasn't happy with last season. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that he, it was just the fact that there was no communication in regards to between him um, and management. I think that's really what it boiled down to. I think it was just a lack of communication. Um, Now Again, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go back up and down about it. Um, I just think that overall, um, it just needed to be re it had to be reiterated in regards to what the Nets, as a franchise, is trying to accomplish with KD, and I think that that's really what it was. I think overall, the whole GM head coach ultimatum. I think it was just. I, and like I said, it's just my personal opinion. I, I don't know KD. Um, I just think that that was something of of a way to try to get out, even though that, that wasn't going to work. Um, unless, of course, KD was on his last year of his contract or something like that. Um, but the fact that he was so locked in for the next four years, um, it made him kind of almost untradable to the marketplace because the Nets wasn't going to trade him just for just anything. Um, they have truly wanted a superstar in return, which is why they stayed adamant in regards to what they wanted in return for KD. Um, and quite frankly, no team was giving them what they were looking for. So if that's the particular case, and a lot of people media-wise are telling them the Nets need to just say, you're not going nowhere, you need to stand in Pat. Um, if he doesn't want to play, then let them sit, whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I think what it was is that Nets management came up and was like, "Look, well, we can't have this going forward. We need to come to some type of resolution. We could, that's because me personally, I was thinking like, you know, KD is in L.A. practicing with Kyrie, but no one has made all olive branch to try to get that resolve until I guess Nets management with Joseph Sy, both the GM and Sean Marks and um, Steve Nash, um, flew to LA because they wanted to see what we can do to try to resolve this situation. And to that end point, it worked because now, you know, KD is like, you know, I'm rescinding everything. I'm not going to, you know, who knows what the reason why KD um, was in that particular time wanted to request a trade. Uh, who knows why he rescinded him at this point. Whatever the Nets management did, they resolved the issue. Uh, so, At this particular point, it's the it's a good thing, um, because not only did the Nets resolve the issue, it also showed management that every player does not have the final say of where they want to go. And that even the best players, um, if they have issues or gripes or want to be traded, maybe they can be talked off their legs to come back to the organization. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Nets accomplished that. So I know a lot of owners are praising it. I know a lot of Nets fans is is happy about it um, because now they can focus on what they can do in regards to trying to bring a title to Brooklyn. So I think overall, I think that's just really where it boils down to. Their communication needed to improve, bottom line. And it looks like now they came to some type of an agreement where that in, where that communication has improved. Now it's just a matter of showing proof.
1: So is this a carryover to Kyrie as well, or they're just saying Kyrie's just going to play off his contract and just kind of go from there?
0: Well, I think that's part of the communication. I'm pretty sure that they was like, look, I get what you're trying to accomplish with Kyrie. He does, he is warranted a new contract, but you also have to understand the situation that we had last season can't happen again. So you have to, I'm pretty sure there was like, you got to give some leeway that, of course, this situation with Kyrie Irving shouldn't have gotten to where it should have been. And right now he's in a season where he has to show and prove. If he does everything that he is supposed to do with no questions asked, and, you know, he did everything from his standards, then I'm pretty sure the Nets will re-sign him to a bigger contract. But he has to show and prove. And I think that that's again, goes back to lack of communication with Nets management and letting KD know where they stand, because overall, they're KD is thinking that you guys are not giving my boy a contract that he deserves, but there's a reasoning behind it, which I think that's why the communication was missing. Um, that's why when they all got together and made this joint statement, I was like, okay, at least now y'all communicating back and forth and know what's going on. And mm-hmm. even if you had to bring in um Rich Klein, your agent at least now everybody's at the table knowing everything. So now anything that you have gripes about or KD has gripes about, we can work on trying to rectify that situation, rectify that issue together Correct. and not separate. Okay,
1: cool. That's pretty much, you know, all I really wanted to know. Just it just seems so weird.
0: Uh,
1: you know, it's just out of place. Right. Like yeah. how you be so adamant one moment and then the next moment you're like, okay, I'll play. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: but the thing about it is because Kobe, um got you know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, he was in that similar situation with LA. Right. Because he wanted to be traded too. But they talked him off the bridge as I'm um, off the ledge as well. And then look what happened to him going forward. So I think overall what it is is that it's just a matter of communicating with your star players and get to see what you can do to resolve or at least come on the same page and come to a compromise and focus on what you guys can do to win a championship because that is the overall goal for everybody, players, management, owners, governors, who name it. Anybody in that franchise know that trying to win a championship is their goal. And they have to do whatever it takes to get to that point. And as long as everybody's on the same page, which I said about the lack of chemistry between the players, is 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 vital. Because if those te- if all the players don't come together and have that same chemistry, it was going to be a problem. The Nets had like roughly ten new players last season, and none of them got to the point where it was on the same page. This year, they only have four new players. So there should be some type of camaraderie there for this particular season, which in turn will help them improve their season this year instead of last year. Okay.
2: The only thing I'll say about that is, you know, going beyond the Kevin Durant thing, I think even though there were some, of course teams are going to try to get him if they can, um, but they weren't going to give up A, you know, a star player or B, the insane amount of picks that, you know, minnesota gave up to give rudy gobert that just wasn't happening um for a lot of these teams That trade up um, everything <laughs> yeah so that's probably why it soured the milk for a lot of people like nah if rudy gobert got what four or five picks or whatever mm-hmm. kevin durant might get like double that but i think in the end i think a lot of a lot of owners were probably happy about that because if this flew then you know It'd have been really the wild wild west because then no contract matters. This person can sign a contract, after the first year, I went out. Right. So, so no contract matters once they sign because any star player could just sign it. Not happy for whatever reason, I went out.
1: I agree. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 no contract is uh like no contract. There's no honor amongst these. Pretty much at this point. Like you can sit there and bid for the highest highest contract you can get for one year and say, you know what, screw you, I'm out. Yeah. I think I think the buck stopped with James Harden, period. You know, personally. I think Harden did what he did these last couple of years and forced him away, forced himself where he wants to be and almost forced himself out of damn Philly here just, if he didn't re-sign and do whatever. But I think he got the he got the message as well. It was like, look here, dude, you ain't going nowhere. So you might as well either suck it up or don't play. and and that's why he he took that little pay cut so they they can go out there and and uh try to sign some more pieces but then he's going to turn around in a year or two and try to jack up the price again but i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna get what he what he thinks he deserves after another year or two because he's getting older you know what i'm saying i don't care how much weight he loses he's he's getting older so he ain't gonna be putting up the monster numbers like he was before so he might as well just get just understand that you are the number two option on this joint. Embiid is number one, you're number two. And and soon you'll probably be the number three option if Maxi and some of those other players start developing, you know, other teams will still fear you because of who you are, but you're not going to be that that guy. And outside of Kobe and Jordan, they know that guy, or maybe LeBron. Ain't that, you know, as as of right now, you know KB's getting up there in age, but he's not there yet. There is not that guy that can sit there at the age of 37, 38, thinking they are going to command 30 or $40 million a year.
0: Yeah. and But the thing about it is with James Harden is <laughs> he, has an, he has an escape goat. and that is um, Daryl Murray. Because right now the owner will, as long as he's best friends with him, no matter where he is, as long as he is like a GM or whatever the case may be, he, they will move heaven and earth to bring in James Harden. Um, and I say this with the utmost respect because Brooklyn Nets wasn't going to do the same thing, um, wasn't going to repeat that process with KD. Mm-hmm. Um, only reason why James Harden was pretty much, was gone was because Daryl Murray was willing to give up everything. Ben Simmons, you know, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, some picks. Like, they gave up the farm um, to bring in James Harden. But if it was any other player or any other manager or GM, they wouldn't have done that for James Harden. They would have tried a low ball just like every other play. I mean, every other team try to do with KD. So mm-hmm. I, I think that overall, it's just the fact that number one, the Brooklyn wasn't going to try and do that same thing that happened with the, the issue with James Harden. They wasn't going to repeat that process with KD. Um, I think they learned their lesson from that James Harden trade. Like, Right. Okay, look, we we now know that we can't continue doing this um, at this stage. So, I, like I said, I think overall the communication needs to be handled. Chemistry and communication is key. That's the only way that you're going to be able to have your star players understand where you're coming from, and you would know exactly where they're coming from. So, Agreed. Um, but I'm not going to talk more about Brooklyn Nets. Oh, uh, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, their focus right now is to just be on chemistry wise.
1: Oh, I, I know you say you didn't want to talk about the Nets, but this one last. <laughs> question.
0: This
1: say this not KD related, but this yeah. is more Ben Simmons related. Uh-huh. Um, do you believe now that the the Nets have kind of weathered the storm a little bit? We understand KD is not going anywhere. We understand Kyrie is pretty much stuck until at least trade deadline. Um do we believe that Ben Simmons can at least be a, 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 a solid number three option or at least a number one <laughs> defender? <laughs> I, I mean, because it was really looking like at one point it was possibly going to be Ben Simmons' team with a cast of whomever the hell the Nets could probably put together at one point. But now that we kind of quieted the storm, do we, you know, what's the word on Simmons? Is he actually... I heard he's healthy like the surgery went well he's practicing but is he is he good you
0: know right now up. he's right now he's um I believe he's okay to do 3 on 3 drills at this point so I think that's what they're focusing right now mm-hmm. um right now they he's progressing um eventually he's going to start doing 5 on 5 drills 5 on 5 practice um the goal right now rumors is is that they want Ben to play the five um which is going to be an interesting theory Um, Considering the fact that they got Nicholas Claxton there, so I don't know how they're going to do this um, because, quite frankly, they still got one more person that's going to be in a mix as well um, that's going to get minutes, and that's Joe Harris. So um, they're going they they right now are working on what they can do, (laughs) and they're going to play by ear at this point because, quite frankly, without I mean, KD and Kyrie still in LA while everybody else is in Brooklyn practicing or running drills or getting themselves in shape ready for the season. So it's, I'm like I said, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. But as of right now, it's just the status quo. Everybody's progressing well. Um, we'll see how things play off um, when the time comes. But I will tell you this, um, I'm looking forward to the first game because not only does Ben Simmons play, but Zion is back. So I'm very curious to see how, those two, those two come back in comparison. And the only calendar, I'm the only schedule that I'm looking at. The only game that I'm looking forward to is when um, the Nets go back to Philly. You That's the only game I'm looking. looking are going to see how
1: they're how they going to attack Harden and all that good stuff. No, no, no.
0: no it's the opposite. opposite. Uh, Philly is going to attack Ben. Oh man. I mean, to be honest, I already know know Kyrie got that bullseye no matter when they play Philly because that whole situation with him and and James Harden, that's that's there. But I digress. Um, That's the only couple of games that I'm going to be looking forward to at this point. At this point, I just want to see everybody remain healthy and how they're going to run what system they're going to be identified as. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. We'll see how that plays out.
2: Yeah, truth be told, you have absolutely no idea what you got with Ben Simmons until you get him on the court in a live, regular season game at this particular point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You have no idea.
0: Exactly. I mean, to be honest, I have no idea with Joe Harris. So, like, those are the things that we – it's the unseen. I think a lot of the intrigue is the fact that a lot of injured players are actually going to be playing games. And I think that's what's going to be the start of the NBA season. A lot of key players returning back from
2: injury. So Next, Let's keep see. your expectations low on Ben Simmons. <laughs> Very low. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, you know, I'd just be uh, happy if he, if he could give uh, you some uh, rebounds and some good defensive minutes. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, to be honest, the, the expectations are already high with Ben Simmons. Okay. And it's not because it's not because, <laughs> and it's not
2: because of the offense, defense. It's because of defense. The defense.
0: Yeah,
2: that's really what it boils. Always out.
1: been a hust defender.
2: I've seen mean, him in a year, and you better hope his mental, quote unquote, mental issues have all been resolved. To be honest, that's
0: one of the reasons why the expectations are high because it's more <laughs> so the fact that he has more of a support system in Brooklyn that i realized. Patty Mills is helping them out because they're both Australian. Right. Um, so there's always going to be a connect there. And seeing Ben Simmons now working out with like the rest of the squad, not saying Kydy, I mean, KD and Kyrie, but with like the young guys, like Nicholas Claxton, De'Ron Sharp, David Duke Jr., all those people hanging out with Royce O'Neill, Those are the things that is helping him to progress. And like Swoo said, We have to see what he does on the court first before we say anything, but he's progressing in the right direction. That's the most important thing that fans are okay with right now.
1: Cool.
0: Now, if it all falls apart, then you know that is what it is. (laughs) But right now, they just the expectations are high because they see him looking okay. That's where I'm coming
1: from. Well, he's still stuck with them for the next so many years because he signed that contract. So.
0: It's no worries. I mean, to be honest, it's no rush because even if I'm, I mean, we are still talking about this, but real quick. Yeah, about if, to say,
2: let's 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 transition away quick. from this. No more. Yeah. Versus- <laughs> um, even
0: if that was the case, if the Nets did feel as though that he wasn't, you know, at that particular level, they would easily trade him or try to get some value back, you know, hints up. But they definitely want to see how him, Katie, and Kyrie play together. Bottom line,
1: that's okay. it. My bad. My bad. that's nah, it's all
0: good. Now let's get to the actual news. <laughs> um, the recent trade of the course that the LA Lakers um traded for Patrick Beverly in exchange for um and Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Um, they're going to Utah Jazz. So who
1: is Stanley Johnson
0: by the way?
1: Huh? Is, is Stanley Johnson like the twelfth man on the bench or something like that?
0: No, uh, no, he was no he, no he used to play for um Detroit. Am I correct? Yeah, I think he played for Detroit, Pistons.
1: Don't give me the What What, what position?
0: Guard? Wow, huh? Guard? Small – I mean, like, forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Forward.
0: But he's known for his defense.
1: Okay.
0: I I mean, to be honest, like, when they signed – when the Lakers signed him and he immediately became a defensive presence, I was like, that was a good signing. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of makes me wonder why they wanted to give him up for Patrick Beverly. Um, not knocking Patrick Beverly, of course. But the fact of the matter is, is that Patrick Beverly just signed with the Jazz, like, I think this season, as a free agent. Then Jazz immediately traded him to L.A. for um, Tucker and Johnson. So, (sighs) the point of the matter is, is that there's still one more person that's on the Lakers that has a kind of a beef (laughs) with um, Patrick Beverly. Or they're not at the best of terms. And that is, of course, Russell Westbrook. So, Let me get your thoughts on the fact that Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook right now is currently on the same team, which is the L.A. Lakers.
2: Well, it's not the first time we saw enemies become teammates. Um, I think about it when Dennis Rodman joined, you know, the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, Dennis Rodman had an issue specifically with um, uh, Scottie Pippen. So. I mean, hey, I guess they are gonna look at it. if you can help win games. You kind of put, you know, you kind of put your beef to the side for now right. for the goal of right. winning. I thought it was a very interesting trade. I thought it was a very sh- a shrewd trade. I know a lot of people were really big on, um, you know, Tht. You know, two years ago when he came out and he was, you know, lighting things up, and everybody thought he was the second coming, especially you know LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And two years later. He gets traded along with Stanley Johnson to uh, Patrick Beverly, but they needed it. they needed defensive um, intensity, um, they needed some grit, they needed some backbone, they needed some they need they, they needed that dog, and um, you know basically it's to replace Alex Caruso. Ah, uh, it's I really always, what it is. I
1: always like Caruso. That was that was, was, was that was
2: the loss. Re- yeah. that's what it was. It was to replace Alex Caruso, and. Um, Sometimes you had to give to get, and I mean, in the long run, he's going to be more one and four his, his defensive prowess more so than his offensive ability. Him and Russell Westbrook are going to have to, to, have to get along. And um, basically, we'll see what happens, but this is more of a win-now <laughs> kind of move, and you trade some players that might be good more term in the long, in the long run, but Lakers are in a win now mentality, and they're going to try to do everything they can to appease LeBron James. while they got him for another at least two years?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was shocked I by don't...
1: that. I was shocked by that uh, that signing. It was more really, really like a one year deal, but with a player option. But I, I, I guess, I guess he'll stick around for the two years because at that point, Bronny would have played. After the two years, Bronny would have played his one year of college because he's being recruited this year going into college. And then next year, it would be his one year. And then LeBron will decide wherever the hell that Bronny gets drafted. Some team is going to be gifted LeBron James for a year before he decides to retire. <laughs> yeah, which
2: why, which why I wasn't really surprised at the contract extension that he took. And it, it made, like you said, it, it makes perfect sense. Eh. I mean, all right, so the, real quick,
0: I'm getting back to the trade. I say this because um, a lot of Lakers fans are, quite frankly, upset really? about the trade. Um, yeah. Not for the fact that they're getting Patrick Beverly, but more so because of the fact that the Lakers had the opportunity of keeping Alex Caruso, but instead decided to keep um, talent T H T instead. So that's why Alex Caruso ended up leaving to go to Chicago because they wasn't willing to pay him. But yet, in the long run, they ended up trading him a year later T H T for Patrick Beverly, who is now an older version of what Alex Caruso could be could have been if they had kept him. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people is like at just the GM of the Lakers. Drop the ball, um, on this one. At least from what I'm hearing from social media. Now, what I'm thinking is that right now the Lakers are trying to make right, like you said, because of the extension that they signed for um, Lebron James. So, win, we'll, win, now, win, now mentality. And quite frankly, Patrick Beverly is that dog that will hold everyone accountable, which. One of the reasons why I say he's one of those—I add him into one of those people that will hold teams, teammates, players accountable for things if they don't, you know, because everybody's trying to win, and he's that dude that will call out anybody, even LeBron James, to try to win. So, um, I think it was a, like I, I agree with Smooth. It was a shrewd move. Bottom line,
1: I mean, I, I don't, I don't dislike it. No. You know. <laughs> Bottom line is, you know, I understand that Russ had a bad season, but damn. I talk about the rains and pours on this fool, boy, goodness gracious. Like, he can't catch a break. Like, you know, it's like a player can have a bad season once in a while and still, you know, overall look at his game as Russ is going to probably be a Hall of Famer based on the stats that he put up. But the dude had one bad season, probably pressing because he's back home in L.A., Probably trying to show that he's that, that guy, you know, and just didn't gel very well with the Lakers. And, damn, it's like he just keeps continuously just to get shitted on. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. It, personally, I think Russ screwed himself when he left Washington. I thought you saw the best type of player Russ was alongside Bill. You know, he complimented Bill. He understood that Bill was that dude, but he was still giving you 20, 2012 and like eight every game. And that's, what more could you add from a point guard coming out there giving you all that intensity, all of that energy, all that defensive uh, uh, presence on the floor? <laughs> I, I, I think that the Lord to come home and possibly win a championship screwed him. And I think, and I'm hoping that other players see Unfortunately, the demise of a Russell of a Russell uh, Russ Westbrook. I'm sorry, uh, Westbrook. A demise of Westbrook, not so much of like a, a demise of his entire career, but a demise of his, uh, the, the demise of what he established so far in the league. And considering he's still pretty much kind of in the prime of what he is, he's not that old, but he could still go out there and really put in some work. And he screwed himself by trying to join a super team. And I just hope some of these younger players who think that they pride themselves to be like a, a westbrook S type of player to give 110% to be that guy and look at what he what he did to himself and be like, you know what? Nah, maybe it's not worth it trying to go that route to, to, to build a team that way instead of staying where I am and hopefully with the right pieces coming into play that something special could happen. So I hope with all of this, with the, the the trade for Beverly, that Russ ends up somewhere where he's actually wanted, Welcome could play his type of game. Cut down on some of the silly shots. Understand, I mean, he does take some ridiculous ass shots. I mean, what's this called? A spade a spade, you know what I mean? But understand his strengths and trust what you have around you and hopefully Something special might happen, and I think Washington was on that on that line of really being something special because I think they were in the playoff they were in the play in, but didn't make the playoffs if I remember correctly. I think they were like the nine or ten seed, but didn't make it. Like they lost two games or something like
0: that. They was in the play in. They was um, I think it was like in the finals of uh, the like the final. Um, between oh, like that the, and the AC, the name right. of the AC, whoever was right, there, they went in. Um, but they were close, definitely,
1: right? So, I think if he would have just stayed packed, like, you know what, coming home is nice, but I think it may be the unsureness of Bradley Beal and what he wanted to do, maybe played a point and played a part of his decision. But, but just moving forward, you know, I hope he chooses a team or a team chooses him. It puts him in the best position to be the best player that he is because he's still great. And I love his game. You know, I love his tenacity. I love the way he plays. He just can't hit the side of a barn sometimes. When he's cold, that boy is ice freaking cold. But when he's on, though, that dude, when he's on, ain't nobody stopping him.
2: Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said about uh, Ace, about – Russell Westbrook a little bit cuz Russell Westbrook has been who he's been. The flaws in his game were there in Washington. It was just that he wasn't in a venue where your flaws get magnified. When you're in Washington, when you're playing for the Wizards, no one's really checking for the Wizards. You're not always on national games. You're not playing with LeBron James or Anthony Davis people who are in, or you're not on the Lakers. When you get to the Lakers, your flaws, which were there in Washington, which are also there in OKC, um, those flaws and those issues become magnified. And, and, but this is who LeBron wanted. And this is who AD you know, wanted as well. And they signed off on it. My problem is, is that they didn't have a coach that was strong enough that didn't have the backing of. Not LeBron James more so, but didn't have the backing of your GM and your owner to say, no, you're going to come off the bench and you're going to play. We don't need you to play like you played in, you know, for the Wizards. We don't need you to play like you play for OKC. I need you to play like this. And he and he basically you know, play like he tried to play and it never meshed well. I don't now moving forward, Darvin Ham. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if he's going to have the backing to tell Russell Westbrook. If you start sucking, you're coming off the bench.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're going to have to swallow your pride. I know you were a league MVP. You know, you had a, you know, you average a triple double for an entire season. But we don't need you to be that guy. Here we need you to be a different kind of guy. Here, uh, we all should need we really need to need you to be a Milo Ginobili for us, like he was for the San Antonio Spurs. But you know, the dysfunction of the Lakers last year, and that, and let's be honest, the dysfunction is still there, (laughs) it's still there. I mean, they got Darvin Ham to kind of put you know, try to make up over it, but the dysfunction is still there. Actually, and I still it may be worse. And I think it's not going to be any better. And I can see that Patrick – it's shrewd, but this Patrick Beverly thing could blow up all over all over now.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, which goes back to the team chemistry thing. Um, I think that overall, Russell Westbrook – I, I agree with Ace. I kind of feel sorry for him at this point because it seems as though, like, everything is going against him um, right. at this stage. But, like Smooth said, like, you, this is your opportunity to do something that can make you stand out. Um, be a team player. Um, do what you can to rank the assists. Be that pass first person at this stage do whatever it takes for that. Darvin Hamm is, has, complete. Um, okay. I mean, complete What's the word I'm looking for confidence in you to do whatever it takes to make the team successful. And I think Russell West will overall will do whatever is necessary. Um, I don't think that he is. Oh, happy with everything that's been going on recently, but I don't think that it's going to stop him from doing what he can do to contribute to the Lakers. Uh, so again, this is just an interesting nugget to what is always going to be, what is all already going to be an intriguing season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, but so let's move on. Um, step away from the NBA because we could definitely talk about that um, going forward. Um, but um, NFL is about to kick off and we have some news um, in regards to uh, Dallas Cowboys standout Tyron Smith. Um, suffering a fracture um, in his knee. Um, sources say that he should be... I it was a hamstring. Or a hamstring tendon um, that sits at the back of his knee, was pulled off the Oof. bone.
1: Pulled off the bone, yeah. Yeah,
0: and he needs surgery. Um, sources say if he's back at all, it'll be in December, uh, which is really a tough blow for Dallas Cowboys. Um, but it opens up the question in regards to the NFC East, is it now an open wide... Um, competition for all the teams in the NFC East because of the setback Dallas just had had just had I mean just happened to Dallas Cowboys
2: at this particular point before the season starts open no I would say it's still in my opinion between the Cowboys and the Eagles I don't know if that's going to make the Eagles a little bit better. I think Cowboys have the better quarterback. Um, I think the Eagles might have a better overall team. Um, but I don't think it's it, it's open for everybody, at least as it stands right now before the season starts. You know, we, we'll, have, we'll see after the first month, you know, who is playing better than we thought. But I does think this kind of – it's not going to derail the Cowboys season, but I think it does – limit their ability to rush to make zeke that make zeke that, that 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 rushing specialist that he was a couple of years ago so it might take away from their offense and change it up a bit but now i think it's between the cowboys and the eagles at this particular point
1: hmm. we all know that when it comes to the offensive line your your offensive line really pretty much comes and goes by how well your left tackle plays because that's that's the position that covers your quarterback's blindside. So it's, unless he's left-handed, then obviously there's the right tackle. Um, I think this will be uh, – I, I don't think it will be a, a, a blow that's going to set Dallas back, but I do think it's going to be a situation where it may throw Dak off a little bit. Um, obviously it, it will set back the run game a little bit. Um, maybe depending on who they can go out there and get in free agency or possibly trade for, I don't know, um, if Dallas truly believes that they are a team to reckon with in the NFC and they feel as though that they their squad is solid enough to, to make noise come playoff time, maybe they, they do have to go out there and trade for a an above average left tackle because you're not going to get an elite left tackle because I don't think that Dallas wants to give up elite elite prospects or elite uh, capital to get somebody of that caliber. But if they want somebody that's above average, they're going to have to come off for something. And it's going to be like a one-year rental, obviously. Um. So with that being said, I think I don't think it'll mess with the run game too much. I think Zeke is who he is. We understand that running backs in this league, you're lucky you're not gonna find the Emmett Smiths, you're not gonna find the Barry Sanders, you're not gonna find those guys that can run the rock for eight to ten years solid and then start to break down. It's just not that type of league no more. I'm not saying Zeke isn't pos- you know, Zeke isn't a great running back, but I think um he's not as shifty as a Pollard. So I think I think what they'll probably end up doing is focusing Zeke up the middle and to the right more and not and probably use Pollard more to the outside towards the left tackle just because he has more speed and he's more elusive. I think what it really boils down to is is Dak. Because now if they don't go out there and get a, a premium left tackle, then if they're going with their backup and the backup isn't as up to you know above average at least. Dak is going to be off a little bit in his passing because now he's going to – he's like Sam Darnold, see Ghost. Dak is probably going to hear footsteps in his head, thinking that the DN or tackle is closer to where – you know, to him than where he really is. So I think this might throw off the pass game. But is the Cowboys smart enough to adjust the pass game to make it a, a, a scenario where the ball comes out of Dak's hand quicker?
2: Yeah, and I think they already put on a record that they weren't going out to get anybody. They're going to is next man up scenario, so they did draft some linemen in the draft. So I think they're going to try to do like a little mix and match. So I think as of right now, they're going to go with what they got, <laughs> and, and and anybody good <laughs> that was out there is already signed. So
1: right, the Jets got the the the, the best next one that was there. They already signed them uh, when their uh, Beckton went down. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, especially if they're trying to claim that they came off of what, a twelve and five season last year, and they think that, and they think they didn't play up to up to par based off of injuries. Well, your your offense is only as good as your O line, and if your best O lineman is out, yeah, things ain't gonna be all that great. Now, hell, they could probably prove me wrong and just go out there and kick ass all season long. And if that works mm-hmm. out, to the, and you know, for them. And so be it. But I don't see it happening just because you, you, it's hard. when you have an all-pro left tackle like that. It's it's hard to to replace something like that. If that's that that nice thinking that you're gonna have a rookie or a second-year player come in there and duplicate that sort of effort. So, I think it's the Eagles, Uh and I and it wouldn't shock me if. uh was the Cowboys, Eagles,
2: Giants. And who's the other commanders. team? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I they hate season. that name. That name is, name is trash. They should have stuck with the Washington, <laughs> Washington football team. That sounds much better than what they got now.
1: I would have loved if they would have went with the uh, – what's the hell? This, the, uh, the Washington – the uh, Tuskegee. The they they were thinking about doing it uh, – you know the Airmen, what the they called, I forget the the Redbirds or the Redtails. I think they were going to try with the, the Redtails. I really? thought that was pretty. Yeah, yeah, that was actually in contention as one of the names. I thought that would have been pretty neat. Um, but you know they went with commanders, similar, you know, military, whatever. I don't know. I, I think that's why they went with what they went because the military is so heavy in DC. I think so um, too.
2: Sounds whack. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know if Danny Lams can, uh, can, uh, can get himself together, I don't see why the Giants can't make some move now that Dallas has got a little chicken in the armor.
2: I'll be, very I'll be curious to see what the Giants are going to do. Very curious. I do know this. You, you boys are going to have to wind up cutting Jimmy G. <laughs> 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 you, ain't, you ain't keeping him at 20-whatever million you got to pay him if he's on the Roster after next well, why week. Not?
1: Why not? It's not hurting their cat, and um, and um, and our rook, Well, he's not a rookie. Trey Lance. He's he's still on his rookie deal, so he's only making like two, three million dollars. So combined, your quarterback room is only making like twenty-five million.
2: It's not like they're making a ton of, ton of money. If he is, if that is Trey Lance's team, which the coach has adamantly said, and we're probably going off topic, then Jimmy G needs to go. Don't have anything. Don't have any issue. You don't want to. You don't want to create a quarterback controversy where we don't need to be. Get rid of him. Same way Kansas City got rid of Alex Smith. Now they found a willing partner to take him. But if you can't find a willing partner to take him, then just let just cut Jimmy G and, and let him go. And and give the keys to Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Actually, I already gave it to him. But give it to him without any fear of a backseat driver.
1: Well, if Jimmy G wasn't such a, a, a an above average regular season quarterback, but a suck ass playoff quarterback, <laughs> he'd be gone by now. <laughs> he'd be gone. He'd be. He would have been to Cleveland already if he would have. Uh, if Deshaun would have gotten more than a, um an eleven game uh, suspension, I'll give you that and i think seattle is willing to wait for him to get cut oh yeah but the 49ers ain't gonna cut him to give seattle no they're not gonna do that so they'll retro rather just hold on to him somebody will come we'll give you a seventh round pick or six round pick or something and the 49ers will graciously just take the shit and just keep keep moving but if Seattle, get it, i guarantee they're gonna ask for at least a third or fourth round pick
2: or not? They're like, "Hey, look! If we don't, if we don't need him, and we don't need to pay him that that twenty whatever million dollars he's owed, well, hey, you, you stuck with him, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's he, not heard- he got, yeah,
1: Well, he hasn't got any reps in the, in, in the preseason because he's still uh, he's still uh, rehabbing his arm,
2: his shoulder, but." They don't want to they want to they't want to risk an injury <laughs> he's not going away
1: yeah i don't i think they'll hold on i agree
2: him. i i agree al
1: at this point i don't think they go to i don't think they're gonna let him go uh, unless a team has a qB that goes down that they're uh, a potential playoff contender and then i think they'll go to the 49ers because i mean granted in the regular season he is pretty damn good it's just when he goes to the playoffs for whatever reason he just becomes some pedestrian ass quarterback
2: if you do get them, if someone takes them in the NFL, anything is possible. It's probably going to be something along the lines of how Cleveland had to eat, you know, sixty plus percent of Baker Mayfield's contract when he went to Carolina. Somebody might be willing to take him, but they're saying you're going to have to eat some of that contract money.
1: You know what? And I think, and I think he's on the last year of his contract, so I think the Niners would definitely. Eat it. Why not? Because again, the con the quarterback room isn't sucking up a lot of money, as it stands right now. Trey Lance is still on; it's just the second year of his five year deal. So he, the 49ers are in great control with the quarterback room right now. So yeah, I think they wouldn't mind taking ten or eleven million dollars. to Eat it for the year.
2: Yeah. So what? He ain't going. To, he ain't going to Seattle for that because they're probably ain't going to Whoa. make that deal. Yeah. But somebody else. <laughs> somebody I'd outside,
1: like, maybe the AFC for sure. For sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Seattle,
0: I mean, what can we say about that quarterback situation?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Who's <okay>. the quarterback? <laughs> okay.
1: Well, first of all, uh, this may sound crazy, and I know it's preseason, and it's dump trucks and drivers and garbage men or whatever you want to call them. But pro football, pro football focus at Gino has the highest QB rating of all starting quarterbacks in the preseason. Again, it don't mean shit. I get it. Um, But you have to attribute a lot of what makes Geno seem so average is that them damn wide receivers are dropping balls left and right and making him look really bad when, in comparison, Geno is putting the ball in these jokers' hands and they ain't coming down with the joint. And then they only let DK and um, Lockett run like one series. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's bananas. So it's almost like they're sitting Geno up the field, but yet he's putting the ball where it needs to be. His numbers look ridiculous because he, he hasn't even thrown for 200 yards total in the preseason and no no touchdowns. But the Jokers keep dropping passes. <laughs> I,
2: I don't I mean, know. You got they got Geno Smith, they got Drew Lock, and they got Jacob Eason. I'm not a QB that 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 spreads fear. And you know DK Metcalf was already bucking until he got. You know, something to kind of tie him over contract wise. Tyler Lockett is probably going to be the next person to really buck, depending mm-hmm. on you know whatever his contract is at. So, I, was, I mean, Gino, like, I always put it like this, you know, even with the whole stint with the, with the Giants QB, it wasn't his fault. He was just doing what was what was asked of him. But he's not a bad QB. Um, I saw the one game with the Seattle. He, like you said. Receivers drop balls. So it wasn't all him. But you know what? It, if pay attention to that whole situation out there with with um Pittsburgh Steelers. With Jabisky
1: and,
2: and Kenny Pickett. If Pickett gets a start and Mr. Jabisky is the backup and he and he gets a little eh. Don't be surprised if Seattle comes call and be like, "Hey, what? What would it take to or, get Trubinsky? What give you Lockett
1: or Smith and and, and not Lockett, uh, Drew Lock or Geno, and some picks for Trubisky because they're gonna want picks.
2: Yeah. Do they want to run the whole season with Geno Smith? I, I, I don't know. I think if they had to, they will. But I think if there's any other options, and like you said, they ain't cut." It probably won't – if they have to cut him, then Seattle's going to pick him up the very next hour after he gets cut. <laughs> I don't think they're going to cut Trubisky. I think they're going to start him personally. But I think he's going to be on the show. They should. But if he, but if, if Pickett – and what I've been hearing, that Pickett's had a pretty good camp and he might get to start or get to start very soon after mm-hmm. – do not be surprised if there's a midseason movement where Trubinsky might wind up in Seattle if they got to run with the quarterbacks in Seattle as they do and things don't look good because they'll get desperate.
1: Yeah, but I, but then I also think uh, at what point, because right now it was at the AFC Central. Pittsburgh, North. That's North. AFC North? Okay. So you're talking about that. That division is local. Baltimore, C- uh, Cincinnati, um, Buffalo. No. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. And somebody else. Can't think of
2: the four. AFC, no, AFC North, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh.
1: Right. If Cleveland could weather their, their storm, and I doubt that six games left with uh, Deshaun Watson coming back, will it make much of a difference? But if, let's just say that Tyrod Taylor or whoever the backup of is is in, in Cleveland,
2: the, Kobe and the first
1: five games makes them six and five. And they're still somewhat in the mix. At what point, and say Pittsburgh is around the same way with Trubisky playing. And then obviously you have Cincinnati and Baltimore. Maybe they're like at, I don't know, uh, uh, I hell if I know. What, eight and three or nine and two at that point. At what point do you sit there and say, do you want to say, you know, cut ties with Trubisky before the before the trade de- deadline? Because if, if, if Trubisky is doing this and there's still someone in the hunt, do you want to put it on the shoulders of a Kenny Pickett and sit there and say, well, we can, and you know the Steelers have a great tradition where they have not fell the whole 500 at the end of the season in 20 some odd years,
2: you know? Yeah, no, if they have Trebinsky and he's doing playing good, they're going to ride out with him. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett will just wait until next year and then they'll probably hand the reins to him. But if I'm just saying, if, Chabinski wavers a little bit, and they or if they start him, but I think they're going to start Chabinski as of right now. Mm-hmm. I can see if you know if Pickett looks good, real good, and you know Seattle doesn't look good. I'm not going to say it it will happen, but I say keep your eye on that situation because when you get desperate, you're willing to give to get. True, true.
0: That's true. Now, the the question really also is whether – I mean, I get Pittsburgh being that option, but I'm pretty sure that there are other options as well that Seattle is going to look at as far as the backup is concerned and figure if there's a way that they can bring someone else into the mix. Um, Like, like for example, Carolina with um, Baker Mayfield and being now named the starter, you know, maybe it's opportunity for Zach Wilson to go somewhere else, in, maybe to Seattle.
1: <clears throat>
0: Not Zach Wilson, sorry. Sam Donald. I'm sorry, sorry. I had the Jets in my mind. Um, <laughs> Sam Donald, too. Um, yeah. Um, so we will see. I mean, we definitely have a lot to, to talk about because with the injuries coming into play and everything, we, we, we will see how the NFL goes in this final preseason and getting ready for the NFL season. Um, but we can talk about that all. We are definitely out of time. Um, so, fellas, let them let, let let the people know where they can find you at.
2: Uh, you can find me on uh, Snapchat, Twitter, and e. the Gram. Je Roston number seven.
1: You can find me on Twitter at uh, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. That's Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three on Twitter.
0: And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Crawls, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Crawls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on YouTube Live, Twitch TV, uh, Twitter Live. We are all over the place. Um, you can also search Guys Talking Sports on the podcast, um, and we are there as well. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Make sure you subscribe to those channels as well, whether it's Twitch, whether it's YouTube Live, whether it's Twitter. Um, also, subscribe on the podcast. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. We appreciate all the love and support out there, all the questions that was asked. We appreciate it as well. Um, but we do have to go and catch us next time as we still continue to talk sports. Um, but we appreciate all the love and support out there. So until next time, God bless. Have a good, blessed week. And we'll catch y'all again next time next week. Deuces.